John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. This is the word of the Lord. All right, West Side, happy Easter. He is risen indeed. And I tell you what, I'm going through a lot of emotions. I wish that I could see your faces. I wish that I could have heard that call back if he is risen indeed. But you know what gives me hope in this season is to know that Jesus is alive, that the grave is empty, and that the throne is occupied, man. Gosh, I wish that I could see you guys, but I'm so glad that we can gather where we're at. And hey, listen, we're getting after it today. It is resurrected morning that Jesus Christ is alive and well. And to get the pulse of what's going on worldwide and probably in your world as well, I ran across something that was very helpful. Um, the year was 1939, and the British royal government amidst the Great World War spent and put out two and a half million of these flyers. And you've probably seen them before, but it's the keep calm and carry on. Those are super famous again now, but that's actually during the wartime. That was wartime propaganda for the British royal government. And it had the crown there and it said, keep calm and carry on. They wanted people to continue to shop and to do all of those things. And the reason why they did that is that Great Britain was living in fear for the airstrikes that were happening during the Great World War. So literally a plane could fly over at any moment and drop a bomb. All of Great Britain was living in fear. And so they tried to bring peace about with this propaganda of keep calm and carry on. You see, amidst great fear and great panic, we scramble to try to find peace. And I don't know about you, but there is a lot of unknown. There is a lot of fear. There is a lot of anxiety that's going on in my world and your world right now as well. I mean, it's even so serious that even just earlier this week, um, we had a very fearful, traumatic family experience where we were getting dinner ready and taking care of Courtney's grandmother. And she had a stroke there on the couch. We had to call the paramedics. They came. I mean, listen, fear is always around and there's a lot of unknown. So during this season of what's going on, I don't need just a little bit of propaganda. I don't need some cheesy meme or keep calm and carry on. Listen to me. I need some seriously good news. I need something that can be an anchor for my soul. And the text that was read to you, everybody knows about Easter morning. That's super famous, right? But what about that evening? Because you see the text that opened up in John chapter 20, just think of the context. The disciples are isolated in a home, away from everybody else. The door is locked and they're living in fear. 
Does that sound familiar? I mean, I don't know if it, listen, God's word is timeless, so it is always timely. And so what I want us to look at today, and listen, it's an Easter sermon. I only know how to preach one way. Listen, in this passage, I see five ways that the resurrection helps us fight fear. And listen, I believe this in my bones that God has a word for us today. That we see the disciples locked away in their homes, isolated away that they're living in fear. And then we see that Jesus meets them right where they're at and it changes everything. So here we go. Five ways that the resurrection helps us fight fear and the fear that's going on in your life. The first thing that I see is this. We fight fear with the presence of Jesus. Look at what it says in verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week. So what John wants us to know is the gospel writers always hammer down. This is the first day of the week. This is the Sunday morning. On that evening, on the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews. So here's the reason why they're afraid. Um, hello, Jesus's body isn't there. And if you messed around with the Roman government, and if you went in and stole Jesus' body, which was a rumor that was propagated by the Roman government, guess who the Roman government's going to come looking for? Looking for the guys that Jesus rolled with. And so now they're afraid because the Jewish people are saying that his disciples stole his body. But here it is. Don't miss this. Verse 19. Jesus came and he stood among them. Like, like, like think about this. This is crazy. John says that the door is locked. By the way, if this is a fairy tale or something like that, you don't, you don't leave those kind of details in a myth, right? And by the way, if I'm writing the myth, I definitely don't want it to look like that I'm a scared little person locked away in my closet, okay? So all of this doesn't read like a myth. It is the retelling of a story, and then Jesus stands among them. Man, do you know what that means? That means so much to me. It means so much that, that the door is locked and Jesus mysteriously and powerfully passes through. But then we also see that he still has a body, obviously, because he shows them his nail-scarred hands. Like, this is profound mystery. The resurrected, glorified Jesus passes through a locked door. But what's the application of this? Well, just think about it. I mean, right now, social distancing is everywhere. And it's good and, and right to abide by this wisdom, but, but there's an angst and there's a longing about social interaction. I don't know about you, but I don't need another Zoom meeting, right? I need real interaction with people. And I just love the fact that, that Jesus didn't social distance, if you will, to use that as an illustration. But the disciples have run away. They've abandoned Jesus there at the crucifixion. And Jesus passes through the locked door. Hey, listen, listen, here's what I'm trying to say. There's no barrier that Jesus can't get through to get to you. And no matter where you're at and no matter how afraid you are right now, listen to me, the presence of Jesus is the game changer when it comes to being afraid. I mean, think about this. I even think about this with my children. You know, if there's a dark room in our house or if there's somewhere that they need to go, they always ask, Dad, Daddy, can you come with me? And by the way, do you know what one of the greatest commands in all of the Bible is? Is fear not, but not just for the sake of fearing not. It's fear not, for I am with you. Listen, the presence of Jesus is the game changer. And among everything that's going on amidst the pandemic, what if, 
What if the goal of not being afraid is the changing of circumstances, but rather, what if the goal to conquer the fear is not the absence of our circumstances, but the presence of Jesus amidst our circumstances? That's how powerful this is. Five ways that the resurrection helps us fight fear. The first one is the presence of Jesus. The second one is this. We fight fear with the peace of Jesus. Look at the first words out of his mouth that he says. In verse 19, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Then verse 20, when he, when, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21, and he said to them again, peace be with you. Listen, in these short verses, Jesus says the word peace to his disciples twice. Now, that would have been a common greeting, peace, shalom. But it means so much right now in the context, in the room where they're afraid. Some of us have an image of Jesus. Some of us think that Jesus is the blonde hair, blue-eyed, beach boys, like peace love, wears hemp sandals, and like all that type of stuff. Horrible image of Jesus, okay? And then some of us have this image of Jesus or this image of God that he's out to get us and Jesus is always watching. Like that's never, what? That's so creepy. I don't understand that, right? Listen. His disciples feel like failures. They've abandoned him. They've run away. And by the way, do you know who's in the room? Peter. When's the last time that we saw Peter? When Peter denied him three times, literally to a little servant girl. There's so much failure. There's so much fear that's happening in this room. And then Jesus comes in for the first time. And what does he not say? About time I found you guys. And it's about time that you get your act together. And I can't believe that you failed. And I can't believe that you abandoned me. And who do you think you are? And you're never going to. He doesn't say that. The first thing that our risen Lord says in a room filled with fear is peace, is peace. So listen, I don't know what you feel like. Maybe, maybe you're a dad or maybe you're a mom and, and you've lost your job because of everything that's going on and you feel like failure is filling the room where you're at. Listen, I come bearing good news. What Jesus says is peace, peace to you in this season. And listen, here's what I'm trying to say, that peace is not a position and it's not a place. Peace is a person and that person is Jesus Christ. So it's not um, maybe when all of this goes away, then we can find peace. Listen, what the resurrection of Jesus Christ tells me through the pages of Scripture is that peace can happen now because Jesus is peace. But you know what I see? I see that we can't celebrate the resurrection apart from the crucifixion. Because look at what he does. He showed them his hands and his side in verse 20. Oh, please listen to me. We cannot celebrate this Easter Sunday and this resurrection morning apart from crucifixion and Good Friday. And listen, dear friends, it tells me this. A lot of the fear and a lot of the anxiety that's going on in our world, everybody wants the peace of God. 
But do you know what this tells me? Is that you cannot have the peace of God until you have peace with God. Listen, no other relationship will work in your life unless it first hinges on your relationship that you have with God. Dear friends, listen to me. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He died in our place. And three days later, the check cleared and he was raised from the dead, showing that God was satisfied with that payment. This is the peace that we're talking about. And this is the peace that we use to fight fear. So five truths that the resurrection gives us to fight fear. It comes with the presence of Jesus. It comes with the peace of Jesus. And then this, we fight fear with the purpose of Jesus. Look at what he says in verse 21. And then Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So it's interesting, right? Um, we have a physical reaction to fear. I mean, psychologists, biologists, everybody tells us this, that we respond to fear in about one of three ways. So some of us, when we become afraid, we put the foot down, drop the shoulder, drop the head, and we fight, right? We're just going to fight our way out of this situation. And that's probably not good right now if you're at home and if you're with your family and you're afraid and you have anxiety, you're probably fighting with the people that are closest around you. That's, that's a reaction. So it's either fight or it's flight. Um, some of us just check out, right? So we just um, literally, we're afraid, we're fearful, and so we're booking it. We're out of here. We can probably see that in some of the disciples, that they are gone, that they ran away. And so what you're doing right now is that you're avoiding any confrontation, any fear, any anxiety, and you're running from those things. Or it's just fright. We just paralyze, right? So either we're fighting this, we're, we're flighting, we're running, or we're just afraid, and this is the, sort of the famous saying like paralysis by analysis. So what are we going to do in the next couple of months? And now our 501 or our 401k and now this. And now what are we going to do with the investment? And then the kid's school year next year that didn't finish it this year. And so then it just begins to rise up in us. You see, fear causes a reaction. But the main question that we ask when we're afraid is this. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Do you know What's going on with all of the crisis that's surrounding everywhere? I had the privilege of being on a conference call with Governor Parsons, who's the governor here in Missouri, with a bunch of other pastors. One of the things that he encouraged us as churches to do is to check on people's mental health during this season. With the fear and the anxiety, every purpose that we've had that gets us through our every day has been stripped away from us. And literally people are asking, what do we do now? What do we do now? We see through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that it gives us a purpose to live for. A purpose even amidst the crisis. You say, Jason, what's that purpose? Well, Jesus tells us there in verse 23. Now, this is a controversial verse. A lot of people have a lot of interpretations on this. He says this, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Listen, I'm going to boil it down to its simplest form. What Jesus is saying is, as the Father sent me, well, why did the Father send Jesus? To proclaim the kingdom of God, the good news. 
that now that the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the good news. So at its simplest form, verse 23 is telling us that Jesus is sending his disciples to preach and proclaim the kingdom of God and the forgiveness of sins. There is a purpose that we find in this passage that directly relates to forgiveness. You know, it's something that everybody is searching for. And we find it in different ways. And maybe you don't even know that you're living your life for the approval of people or trying to hide this guilt and shame. I love what one psychologist, her name was Rebecca Pippert. And Rebecca Pippert was taking classes at Harvard University. And she was taking classes at Harvard University in the systems of family counseling. And she was asking her professor a question about a patient that she had. And she said, how do I help this patient find forgiveness within himself and with his father was the situation. She said that she would never forget what the Harvard professor said. The Harvard professor said that if you are looking for a changed heart and a changed life, I think that you're looking in the wrong department and in the wrong profession. I mean, think about this. The largest area in any bookstore is a self-help section. And we have from one of the highest, most pristine universities in the land that even psychology and counseling is not going to be enough that you need to look in a different department. But what we see here and what we see Jesus tell his disciples is that there's a new purpose and that you don't have to live afraid and in anxiety because the resurrection gives us a whole new purpose to live for. And it's to tell people, about the good news of Jesus Christ. So here's something that I want you to do. In response to this, I want you to leverage the relationships that you have. I want you, maybe it's your grandfather, maybe it's your grandmother, maybe it's your dad, your mother, your brother, your sister. Don't let today go to waste, but rather live in the purpose that the resurrection gives us and share the good news of Jesus. And here's how simple it can be. Hey, do you know what God has done in my life? Do you know what God has done in my life? That's a way that we can literally fight fear is to give a new purpose. So we see it comes through the presence of Jesus, the peace that Jesus speaks, the purpose that Jesus gives. And then this, we fight fear with the people of Jesus. In verse 21, when Jesus says, as the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Um, We don't really see it there, but, but the you is plural. So to put it in Southeast, uh, Southeast Missouri context, uh, Jesus would have said it this way if he lived in Butler County. Just as the Father has sent me, so am I sending y'all, right? I mean, think about it. Jesus appears in the room to a community of disciples. And we can even take it a step further. Who's not in the room? Thomas. So Jesus later on appears to Thomas because Thomas, um, this is a great spot for a preacher to preach on. Um, uh, Thomas isn't living in community, if you will. Thomas didn't go to community group. Thomas didn't go to church on resurrecting morning and he missed the appearance, right? Hey, listen, now more than ever, we need each other. We need each other in this. And we can fight fear with the people of Jesus. We like to say it this way here at Westside. Um, Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. There's no um, secret, isolated Christian. And listen, I love you. But what we're doing right now, and I'm thankful for the internet, and I'm thankful for technology, and I'm thankful for all of those things. But listen to me. We need each other in the corporate gathering. 
We need each other in this. And a way that we can fight fear is with the people of Jesus. And the last thing that I see in the text is this, is that we fight fear with the power of Jesus. Look at what he does. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, come on. Do you see it? The irony, everybody right now in the world is afraid of breath. Everybody's wearing masks right now. And I think it's such an analogy of only what this broken world has to offer. When, when this broken world breathes on us, it breathes death and decay. But when we see that Jesus Christ breathes, he breathes life. It is the very spirit of God. And this is the same spirit, by the way, that Paul would say in the book of Romans that raised Jesus from the dead. Oh, come on, do you see it? All the way back in Genesis, what did God do when he formed man from the dust of the ground? He formed him from the dust of the ground and then breathed the breath of life into him. And then this Jesus who was conceived by the Holy Spirit through the Virgin Mary, who lives the spirit-filled life, who dies in our place, and then on this day is raised by the power of the Holy Spirit and now we know that that same power and that same spirit now lives and breathes in you and me and so Christians don't go around breathing death and decay but we go around breathing life listen to me this is the good news we see that the presence of Jesus fights fear. We see the peace of Jesus fights fear. We see the purpose of Jesus fights fear. We see the people of Jesus help us fight fear, but he does not leave us as orphans. He gives us the very power that raised him from the dead. Listen, here's the big idea today, and it's this. We can fight fear because Jesus faced the greatest fear, which is death, and he won. Listen to me, I don't know what the outcome of the pandemic is. I don't know what the future holds, but here's what I know. I know that Jesus Christ stared death in the eye and he defeated it, that he defeated death, that he defeated sin and that he conquered hell and that he sits on the throne and that he rules and reigns, that this is the good news of Easter. But you know what? That's not it. Oh no. The apostle John would find himself socially isolated one Sunday. You see, he couldn't gather with his people. He was alone, and he was on an island called Patmos, and he was so afraid. And do you know who came to him? Well, I'll just say it this way. The book of Revelation. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. This Jesus is alive and he rules and reigns and the resurrection has profound implications on our fear and our anxiety. So Westside, we preach the good news today that he is not dead, but he is alive, that he is not here, but he has risen. And now the fear and the anxiety does not rule us because Jesus sits on his throne and he rules and he reigns. So Westside, let us pray out loud how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.